The Ringer Gambling Feed is your one-stop shop for all things betting throughout the NFL season from week one all the way through Super Bowl 58 in Las Vegas. We have you covered every which way. We got our favorite futures. We got props. We'll discuss the lines. And of course, we'll throw in a few parlays. That's a given. So whether you're a sharp or a square better, we'll be breaking it down in terms hopefully everybody can understand and we'll try to win some money along the way. So be sure to subscribe to the Ringer Gambling Feed on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. It's the Ringer's Philly Special presented by FanDuel. The playoff action is heating up and with FanDuel, you can bet on everything from the NBA Finals MVP to who's going to lift the Stanley Cup. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page, plus start betting on the pulse and get paid instantly when you win. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus, 18 plus in D.C. and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com, Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. You know, unless you're wearing Philly red or you're, you're a Philly, they don't like you. Welcome to the Ringers Philly special. The Phillies roll to a 10-0 shutout win in game two of the NLCS. They take a 2-0 series lead. I'm Shiel Kapadia. You know what this is. It is the solo post-game pod. This team is incredible. They gave us stress-free baseball. They're just apparently going to just win every game. Okay, they're not going to win every game, but it feels like that. Doesn't it feel like I get on here a few times a week, they win some games, we talk about fun stuff that happened. Let's do that right now. Let's get to the takeaways from this victory. Story of the game, okay? For me, you can go in a lot of different directions. I'm going, Aaron Nola did it again. I mean, Nola goes six innings, three hits, does not allow a run, seven strikeouts, no walks, got into a little bit of trouble, you know, fourth inning, sixth inning, a little, but this wasn't like, oh man, he's got to pitch out of all these jams. I mean, he was mowing down the Diamondbacks uh, really from the first inning on. I mean, he retires nine in a row at one point after Trey Turner has the error uh, on the Corbin Carroll grounder to start the game. Then it's nine in a row for Aaronola. He had six stuff. The entire evening, the Diamondbacks looked mostly hopeless up there. Uh, a bunch of incredible strikeouts. Three starts for Aaron Nola this postseason. Okay, 18 and two-thirds innings, two earned runs, 19 strikeouts, and two walks. 
He has now had three different playoff starts where he has gone six plus innings and not allowed a run. Do you know the only other pitcher in Philly's franchise history who has done that? His name is Cole Hamels. Cole Hamels and Aaron Nola, the only two Phillies pitchers in franchise history with at least six postseason starts, uh, uh, with at least six-plus innings pitched of shutout baseball on three different occasions. Those are the only two guys who have done it. I know the, that baseball playoffs are weird now, and so you're getting more opportunities. I don't know what you want me to do about that, okay? The stats are going to be weird. Uh, those are the numbers. Incredible performance from Nola. He has not given up a home run in the playoffs. This is after, I mean, what were we talking about all season long? This guy is getting killed by the home runs. Even when you were trying to say, all right, it's not that bad. You know, his his whip is down. A lot of the numbers look the same as previous years. It's just the home runs. But then it would happen over and over and over again. I mean, we all, we can't erase history here, okay? We saw the regular season. One thing goes badly. All of a sudden he crumbles. Uh, we saw that happen. But right now, Oh man, this guy is pitching uh, with confidence. He looks like a guy who has figured things out. He had those last two starts of the regular season where you weren't sure, is this something? Is it nothing? Well, it absolutely has carried over. I mean, this is by far the best he has looked all season long. We've talked a lot about Nola uh, on this pod in recent weeks, right? He's, He's thrown a lot of good innings for this franchise over the last nine seasons, but Again, we don't need to rewrite history here. There was very little reason to have faith in him uh, coming into the postseason, given what we saw in the regular season. I mean, people were making comparisons to Cole Hamels in 2009. It was like, all right, he, you know, he just doesn't have it this year. But this is why we watch. This is why we love it. It doesn't always make sense. Uh, it's it's the unexpected. It's a guy kind of coming out uh, of a t- bad regular season by his standards and then coming into the postseason in a big spot one, two, three times and coming through. Uh, I mean, it's a big reason the Phillies are where they are right now. So if this Philly season ends the way. I'm, I'm trying to choose my words carefully. I'm not going to Kapati curse this bad boy. Don't worry about that. But if this run ends the way I think it's going to end, 10 years from now, when we're talking about Aaron Nola's tenure with the Phillies, this is whether he resigns or signs elsewhere in free agency, the first thing we're going to be talking about potentially is the 2023 postseason. If this thing keeps going in this direction, and listen, he doesn't have to be perfect. He's got uh, starting pitchers, especially. I mean, it's really tough in the postseason. You have three great starts, and then you get shelled in one start, and everybody remembers the one bad start. That's not fair. I mean, he could have a bad start. That's okay. No one expects him to do, you know, pitch uh, six innings, shut out ball every time he's out there, but he's pitching great right now. And to have him and Wheeler uh, for the rest of this series, to have them potentially for a World Series, uh, you just have to feel great about that if you are a Phillies fan. So uh, many of you reminded me on uh, social media, I appreciate it, that I said in our playoff preview pod that I would drive Aaron Nola to the airport regardless of how the playoffs ended. First of all, I appreciate you being, say, what's it called, active listening? Where, yeah, you're really hanging on to every word there and not going to forget anything, huh? But I appreciate that. That's, that. that's nice of you. That's what I'm trying to achieve, active listeners here. 
I was just trying to be a nice guy. You know, I'm t- Team CTC. If Aaron Nola gets a big deal somewhere in free agency and the Phillies don't want to match it, he wants to sign elsewhere. I was just offering to help the man out. That's all. You know, I'm very good at kind of pulling up. You find those spots uh, right next to the curb. You don't want the the security guys to kind of yell at you at Philadelphia International Airport. We've all been in that situation. I'm good at getting in getting out. I know where, you know, you unlock the door, pop the trunk quickly, make sure there's no malfunction there. So I was just offering to help Aaron Nola out. Now, given the way he's pitched, if he wants to stick around, I'm okay with that too. You know, I I can help him with stuff uh, around Philadelphia as well. So listen, I'm just trying to be a good citizen here uh, for the athletes in this city. That's all that was. Aaron Nola, incredible job in this game. And uh, who knows? We we don't know how many more starts he has as a Philadelphia Philly, whether he'll get another one in this series, whether he will get some in the World Series, whether there will be something beyond 2023. It's all unknown, but fantastic performance from Aaron Nola. Even with the 10 runs, I thought he was the story uh, tonight. No doubt about it. All right. Next category I've got for you. When the game was won. When was this game won? The sixth inning incredible. If you were there, if you were in attendance, crowd was great. Uh, once again, tonight, like that's the inning you're going to remember when you think about, hey, what was it like being at game two of the NLCS in 2023? You're going to remember that sixth inning. Phillies are up 2 nothing at that time. You feel good about it. All right, 2 nothing. that's nice. But still, we know how these playoff games typically go. Not so much for the Phillies this postseason, but typically 2 nothing means at some point in the 7th, in the 8th, or the ninth, the stress level's going to get ratcheted up, the opponent's going to get one guy on base, and you're going to be thinking about, oh my goodness, they had the tying run at the plate. And so, again, 2 nothing was nice, but the game was far from over at that spot uh, in the game. So, what do the Phillies do? Kyle Schwarber comes up and leads off that sixth inning with a 427-foot home run, a no-doubter, his second of the game. The Phillies go up 3-0, but that's just the start. Trey Turner walks, Bryce Harper strikes out, Alec Bohm pops up. You're thinking, oh man, are they kind of you know wasting an opportunity? Let's pour it, uh, an opportunity here. Let's pour it on a little bit. Diamondbacks make a pitching change. They bring in Mantiply, which one of the most fun last names to say in baseball, I would say Mantiply. Uh, the lefty, it sounds like a Seinfeld character, uh, the lefty to face Bryson Stott. Per Matt Gelb, lefties were hitting just 185 off of Joe Mantiply in the regular season. Stott comes up, had not had a hit uh, so far in the NLCS, pokes a little single uh, into the outfield, to keep the inning alive. Then JT Real Muto comes up. One of the biggest hits of the game. I think two out double to left center field. Blows the game wide open. Diamondbacks intentionally walk. Nick Castellanos. Marsh. Uh, listen, you, the guy up after a, an intentional walk for the Phillies, that guy's batting like 940 on the season. Don't fact check me, but that's really what it's felt like. You don't intentionally walk someone uh, on the Phillies because the next guy is going to get a hit. That's just how they operate. Marsh comes through with a double down the third baseline. All of a sudden, 
it's six nothing. That's when it just all right. It's it, it's a party at Citizens Bank Park. You don't have to worry about one or two guys getting on in the seventh, eighth, or ninth inning, and then suddenly the tying runs at the plate. That's not going to happen. It's going to have to take a sustained rally. It's going to have to take a bunch of hits, a bunch of base runners, uh, and so that was just huge all around. That bottom of the sixth inning, Kyle Schwarber, Bryson Stott. JT Real Muto, Trey Turner with the walk, uh, Brandon Marsh there. That really, to me, is when they took full control uh, and you felt like, all right, unless something crazy happens and crazy things do happen, uh, they're going to win this game and they're going to be up 2-0 in this series. All right, let's take a quick break here. We'll come back on the Ringers Philly special. You know we got to get to the CBC moment of the game. We'll do that when we come back. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. All right, we are back on the Ringers Philly special. You know, when I do these solo pods, one issue I'm having, the mouth gets very dry when you talk for this long. Like, I don't know how anyone does this for whatever, three hours on the radio or if you're on, if when you're talking that much, the mouth gets dry. Now I'm doing these pods late at night. And so I'm taking these little breaks and I'm drinking the water you know, you drink all that water before you go to bed. You know, now you're getting up multi multiple times in the middle of the night yesterday. So I've got this issue. If anyone, you know, has any uh, advice here, you know, we we overshare a little bit on these uh, Philly Ringer special. Philly Ringer special. Can't talk. Ringer Philly special after dark podcast. So if you have any, how, how can I avoid it? Because we might have a lot more late night pods to do here. All right. Let's get to the the next thing. CBC moment of the game. First of all, I have gotten a lot of feedback on this category. This seems to be a listener favorite. Appreciate everyone uh, who has suggested potential sponsors. Nothing has come through quite yet, but I'm not giving up again. We still hopefully have a lot of a lot of baseball to watch uh, here in the next couple of weeks. So maybe a sponsor will come through with the CBC moment of the game. Again, if you're new to the pod, if you don't know what the CBC moment of the game is, I'm not going to explain it. Every time, ask your friends, ask somebody else who listens to the podcast. If you really cannot find the answer, you can message me, but 
it's going to be a little bit embarrassing on your part. I'll tell you what it is, but you should know by this point. Okay. This was stress-free baseball for the most part. I mean, it was, it was kind of hard to come up with a CBC moment of the game for this game, which is great. We don't want those, but we know that those are going to exist. Again, the Phillies never trailed in this game, but I think there was one spot, and that was we, we talked about the bottom of the sixth inning, top of the sixth inning. It's the third time through the lineup, which is just like all the rage in modern day baseball. Third time through the lineup, third time through the lineup. That's when the pitchers get shelled. Merrill Kelly at this point had gotten in a nice little groove for the Diamondbacks. I mean, he gave up the home runs, but he was pitching pretty well there uh, for Arizona. So it was still a 2-0 lead. And now you have Nola going up uh, against the top of the order for the Diamondbacks for the third time. So uh, gets Corbin Carroll, one out. But then Marte doubles. So now all of a sudden, again, you have a runner in scoring position with one out and the tying run at the plate. I mean, that is, you know, you're, I don't think if you're like me, you weren't like full panic mode or anything like that. Again, as far as playoff baseball goes, this one, uh, the CBC meter did not rank highly on this one. But still, you're thinking, all right, something could happen here. But Nola gets Fam to ground out to Bohm, who made, by the way, one of several nice plays at third base. He backhands it and makes the throw for the second out. And then Nola strikes out Walker swinging for the third out. So uh, I know there's no way to like fact check me on this, but that was the moment where I realized, you know what? I actually do feel differently about Aaron Nola right now because I was I was very confident in that moment that he was getting out of that. Again, this is very easy to say after the fact. I should have written it down or something. I could have taken a photo and posted it so you, with the timestamp. So, you know, no, no, this is how I feel actually in the moment. But I'm telling you the truth. that That is how I felt. Uh, I'm sure many of you, are thinking the same thing. Like, wow, how far has Nola come this season where a month ago, if you would have told me, hey, Aaron Nola's going to be pitching in a big spot in the sixth inning in game two of the NLCS with the tying run uh, at the plate, are you confident he's going to come through? I just would have said no, based on the evidence we've seen uh, this year. But he did come through. I was confident he would come through. And he did a phenomenal job closing out the sixth inning there, getting out of it without allowing a run. So that was the CBC moment of the game. Again, it wasn't even that stressful. I think in the uh, in the games ahead, we will definitely have better ones there. All right. Player of the game, MVP of the game, however you want to phrase it. We could obviously go with Aaron Nola, but we already talked about him. Let's go Kyle Schwarber, the big teddy bear on the team, the big fella. What did he say? Big guys can run too. He said in, in, his, uh, in his post-game interview on TBS. Schwarber comes through two home runs. He's got three in the first two games of this series. Now, third inning, I mean, barely gets out. Low liner, I'm thinking, all right, double off the wall. Goes 368 feet, but just gets over the outfield wall. That's only a home run in eight MLB ballparks, uh, according to StatCast. But Guess what? Who cares? This was one of the eight ballparks. We will take it. That put the Phillies up 2-0 in the third inning. And then, of course, we talked about the one in the sixth inning, his second home run of the game, a no-doubter, 427 feet. That one is a home run in all 30 ballparks. Interesting nugget from the uh, broadcast, I thought, about that one. That that home run came on a Merrill Kelly changeup. Merrill Kelly threw 640 changeups. This is hopefully I heard this right. I think this is what they said. He threw 640 changeups in the regular season without giving up a home run. 
Yet on this one, in game two of the NLCS in the postseason, Schwarber gets him, goes yard, no doubter, off the changeup for a big home run in a big inning for the Phillies. So uh, Kyle Schwarber went homerless. We talked about this after game one. He went homerless in the wild card round and in the divisional round. And guess what? It didn't matter. No one cared. No one even noticed. I honestly don't remember one person saying uh, Schwarber hasn't done anything because it was just, you know, you're, you're like, he's going to come through. We've seen him before. He's not going to go, uh, you know, 12 games without hitting home runs. He, he he can be a little bit streaky. We all know what happens in June every year with Kyle Schwarber. But uh, at the end of the day, it's just hard to keep that guy in the ballpark. So he's on fire right now. Uh, giving them a lift. It hasn't just been one guy for this Phillies team. I mean, think of all the people that have come through in the postseason. You can literally go up and down the lineup and like every guy has had a moment, has had multiple moments. Bryce Harper has carried them at a time. We know what Castellanos is doing. Bryson Stott had the grand slam. Uh, We just mentioned Kyle Schwarber, Trey Turner has been on fire. Uh, I mean, I could go on and on, JT Real Muto has, has had some big two-out hits. And so um, th- this is just kind of a, another example of, of why this team is so tough to play. You don't know who it's going to be on any given night, in any given series. The stars have been showing up in a big way, uh, and Schwarber is one of those stars for this team. But uh, everybody has been showing up at different times here through however many games they've played here. Let's say they played two in the first round. Five and then in the second round they played. I don't know that was best of uh, best of five. So that was four, two, six, two, eight. No, yeah, two, four, two. All right, they've played eight games. Listen, it's after midnight. The, these pilots are wearing on me, as you can tell. I swear, I'm pretty good at math. You know, many of you like to like to hear the the analytics I incorporate into some of the football talk. Well, listen, no, nobody's perfect. Give me a break here. All right, let's get to the leftovers. I touched on this earlier. The crowd was amazing once again. I know it was a madhouse down there. You had the Phillies. You had the soccer game uh, at the link. You had uh, the Flyers with their home opener. I thought it might be a late arriving crowd because it really seemed like it was sort of just mayhem getting down there, uh, parking if you were driving. But then I looked in the stands in the first inning. It looked like everyone figured it out. I mean, that place was packed from the first pitch. Uh, The secondary market, I was looking at tickets for this game, you couldn't get into this game for under like $300. I'm talking standing room only, one ticket, $300 for this game. Just before I came on to record this pod, I thought, you know what, I'm going to look at the, uh, I wonder where game three tickets are going for in Arizona with the home team down two games to nothing. You can get into game three in Arizona for $29. $29. I know it's different. It's the team's down 2-0. Although still, hey, listen, if the Phillies were down 2-0 and game three was in Philadelphia, I can tell you uh, point blank, you would not be getting into Citizens Bank Park for $29. I think it would be pretty close to what it was for game two here, $300 anyway. So uh, listen, don't be afraid to make that trip. I know we have listeners everywhere. If you're close to Arizona, go make the trip. If you're in Philadelphia, treat yourself a little bit. Come on, these these seasons uh, don't come around often and you get games three, four, and five in Arizona, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It's three days in a row. You could go to two games. You can go to three games. Uh, am I talking to myself is probably what you're wondering. Sheila, it sounds like you're trying to convince you, yourself or ask yourself, should you make the trip to Arizona? 
yeah, it might, that might be actually uh, what I'm doing here. But if it applies to you, then, um, then so be it uh, as well. $29. I can't believe that. NLCS. It'll never happen in Philadelphia. All right. Some other leftovers I've got for you. Under the radar, touched on this a little bit earlier, amazing defense tonight. I mean, Alec Bohm was awesome at third base. I think at least three terrific plays over there. I'm not saying any of them was, you know, like like some of them you could say, oh, come on, most third basemen. I don't know. Those were, and just to think how far he's come from where he was playing third base last year to where he is now. Uh, awesome game from him defensively. Bryce Harper makes a great play at first base against uh, Corbin Carroll. Hit a grounder over there, one of the fastest guys in the major leagues. Harper gloves it. Uh, Aaron Nola, great job hustling over to first base, makes the toss over there, gets him. So it wasn't the story of the night, but just wanted to shout out the defense. Uh, I thought the defense was great. Speaking of Alec Bohm. Did you hear during the broadcast, Ron Darling, uh, my guy, you kind of botched the Alec Bohm story. You know, he said, he said, Bohm made three errors in a game. And then after the game said, I don't want to be here. No, 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 no. That is not uh, exactly what happened there. Okay. You can keep it clean and still tell the story uh, better than that. So a minor thing, but be honest. If you're listening to this, that annoyed you. I know it did. If you were watching the broadcast, if you weren't at the game and you wa- you either said something to whoever you were watching the game with, you you were on a text thread with your Phillies fan friends and you were, what is he talking about? With well, That's not what happened with Alec Bohm. I know you did. I know it annoyed you. So I'm glad I brought it up. All right. Garrett Stubbs update. Stubbs got in the game. Amazing. Who who would think, you know, because you think of the playoffs, like uh, I was uh, texting with friend and uh, listener and former college roommate, B. Stents, and we were talking about, you know, this isn't like the old days where if you were like sort of a bench player in the NLCS, you had to be ready. You might get in the game. Now with the DH, it's like, if you're the backup catcher, you're almost you're pretty much guaranteed to not get in the game unless it's a scenario like this or a scenario where you are down, you know, 10 nothing. So Stubbs got in the game. That was awesome. But before he got in the game, you all saw him. You all noticed it. He was breaking out the, the spanking himself again in the dugout as a celebration. And there was a little update, a little development to this ongoing storyline. Uh at least for the Ringers Philly special, an ongoing storyline. He and Schwarber at one point, did any of you notice this? They were doing it together. They were looking at each other and doing it. So I don't know if it's like a riding a bull type thing they're doing there. Are they just spanking themselves? I don't know. I know that there are two people obsessed with this. It's me and the guy I just mentioned, a uh, friend, listener, college roommate, uh, Beast Dense. We text more about this than probably uh, anything else in our lives over like the last uh, 20 years. So uh, any more information we can get on this, we appreciate. Some of you, you're into this too. You've messaged me and been like, I think he's doing this. No, I think it's... Fr- I haven't gotten the definitive story. This feels like, you know, friend of the pod, Alex Coffee. I feel like this is a story uh, she has to be working on. She will get answers for us um, at some point if this message gets back to her. Uh, listen, she can report the serious stuff. She can report the fun stuff too. So we'll keep an eye on that. And yes, this is like the 12th consecutive uh, Phillies podcast where we've mentioned that. I will move on for those of you who are annoyed. All right. I want to talk about just how dominant 
this run has been so far. And I'm saying so far, for those of you saying Shield, don't mention this now, I'm saying so far, the Diamond Bids baseball, weird things happen. The Diamondbacks could come back, win the next four games, and the Phillies could be out of this thing by when would that be? Thursday, uh, Friday, Saturday, by Monday. By Monday, we could be saying, oh my gosh, I can't believe they blew it. I know weird things happen in baseball. I'm talking about what we've seen through eight games for the Phillies so far. They are now 7-1 in the postseason. A reminder, the Diamondbacks had not lost a game in the first two rounds of the playoffs. Uh, obviously, the Phillies have won the first two there. The Phillies are not only 7-1, they have trailed in a total of two innings. Two innings through eight games. At the end of the inning, the Phillies were trailing for two innings. I mean, that is outrageous. Like, I'm looking at that stat, and I'm like, that can't be true. Hold on. No, that is true. And that was in a game that they were leading, what was it, 4 nothing uh, against the Braves. And then, and then they end up trailing for two innings. That's the only time all postseason that they've been trailing. That's incredible. Uh, they've outscored their opponents now at home. 39 to 8. I mean, I really, I've said this before. I don't think there's been a, a bigger home field advantage in the city of Philadelphia than the current Phillies at Citizens Bank Park. You, you go that you watch it on TV, you go there in attendance, you feel it. It's different, as they say, you said during the broadcast, everybody's standing the whole time, the crowd's going nuts, uh, everybody's there, everybody's into the game, everybody's into the moments. Uh, it's a party, and it obviously affects the opponents. When you look at any numbers, any stats you want to bring up, I think Phillies have won, what, over 70% of their playoff games now at Citizens Bank Park. It's by far the best winning percentage uh, of any franchise at one ballpark in the major league. So uh, you get home field advantage throughout the rest of this series. I'm not going to, we don't even need to touch on that in the World Series and opponents. I'm not going to do that right now. It's only 2 nothing, but you get home field uh, for the rest of this series. So you're up 2 nothing, and you still uh, would get potentially two more games at home. Even if you go to, if you were to go to Arizona, none of us want to see this happen. I don't think this is going to happen. Let's hope it doesn't happen. Even if you were go to go to Arizona and lose three in a row, you come back down 3-2, you get two home games at Citizens Bank Park. Uh, so they're out outscoring opponents at home, 39 to 8. They are outscoring opponents overall, 46 to 13. 33 runs, a, a 33 run differential in eight games in the freaking post. -it. This is not normal behavior. Like, this is not how the playoffs go. The playoffs generally go, you know, you get a lead early, the other team comes back, you blow it, you're nervous in the ninth inning. Oh my gosh, I can't believe that game went that way. Or it goes like the opposite way. The other team gets the big lead, you come back, but you need that one more rally in the eighth. You can't quite get it. The player strikes out in a big spot. You lose, like, it goes back and forth. There are coin flip games. All sorts of things happen. This does not happen where you outscore your opponents by 33 runs in eight games. This is not normal behavior. They are just on an incredible heater right now uh, through eight games in the playoffs. There's no doubt this, you know, they played well for what, after the first two months of the season, they were one of the best teams in baseball. They had the big winning streak uh, on the road. I mean, they played a lot of stretches of really good baseball, 
But man, this feels like the best we've seen of this team all season long. All right, a few more leftovers to get to here. Uh, the home runs. They have not, they hit 15 home runs in the last four games. That's the most in a four-game span in postseason history. Like some of these numbers are absurd. Like they're just doing things that no team has ever done before in the history of baseball. And it's, it's the team, it's individual players. Like we're going over these after every game and there's at least one or two where it's like, yeah, well, that's never happened before in baseball. I mean, they've hit 13 straight solo home runs. Imagine if they some of these hits came with guys on base. Like they're getting guys on base. They're not necessarily always uh, driving those guys in. The home runs are coming kind of when no one's on base. I mean, those, that run differential I just gave you, that could be even bigger if they if just some of these home runs were coming with guys on base. So 13 straight solo home runs, 15 homers in four games. Again, the most in a four-game span in postseason history. Shout out to Trey Turner. Hits one in the first inning. Again, relieves the stress. You get that early lead. You're feeling good. This team is so loose. I mean, I know it's like the a chicken or the egg thing. Are they loose because they have all, all these leads and keep winning? Honestly, it doesn't feel that way to me. It feels to me like they're just like a confident, loose bunch right now. I mean, they're like the laughter and the um, antics and the celebrations and everything. It's like th this does not feel like a team who is worried about a worst case scenario. Like they are all just sort of built for this. It's a high pressure environment, but they are not. It's honestly, it's very, it's kind of jarring for someone like me to watch who's very mentally fragile in every athletic endeavor. Like when the pressure comes on a little bit, you, I'm just like, all right, how am I going to screw this up? Some of you might be like that. Others might not be. Uh, but uh, to just watch a team where it's like, no, 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 this is, this should be a high pressure environment. I mean, they were only up one nothing in the NLCS going into this game. Like you lose this game and all of a sudden the Diamondbacks are like, yeah, we split. We did what we set out to do. It's 1-1. Now we're going back to Arizona. I mean, like, it, I feel like that type of thinking doesn't even enter the minds uh, of these players with the way they're playing, with how loose they are, really from first pitch to the end of the game. So uh, that has definitely stuck out. Uh, shout outs to two guys, uh, two vibes guys who I think deserve a little credit. One is Taiwan Walker and a listener uh, mentioned him to me. I can't remember uh, how they messaged me, but I, I totally agree. I've been meaning to bring this up. He has not pitched, but he's at the top step of the dugout uh, celebrating, congratulating guys every time they come in. Uh, he didn't pitch well in the second half of the season. We all know that. But uh, I always said on this podcast, like he was mentally tough. You know, he would give up the four runs and then he would bounce back. And he, you know, he didn't quite like totally give the game away and fall apart. Again, he, he did not pitch well, but he wasn't someone who was like crumbling. You kind of felt for him. You were rooting for him. Uh, I've been rooting for him uh, all season. And he still looks like he's enjoying this. I don't know if he's going to, you know, throw a pitch in the postseason. He might not, but uh, I do appreciate how into it he is, even if he's not getting on the field. And then the second guy, Johan Rojas. I mean, shout out to a man willing to show some affection. Johan Rojas, uh, you know, he gives Castellanos a little smooch, uh, you know, after that uh, catch that Castellanos made uh, against the wall there. Uh, those two have a great bromance. Uh, again, shout out to Alex Coffey. She's uh, written about uh, Rojas before and a little bit uh, about kind of Castellanos and, uh, and his friendship. Um, so that was great to see. Then Rojas, did you notice he was like petting Kyle Schwarber's head in the dugout after Schwarber's 
second homer uh, again this is a man you know not afraid to show a little a uh, little affection uh, you know as somebody who is incapable of showing emotion that's me as longtime listeners know uh, i like seeing other show emotion so a uh, nice job uh johan rojas taiwan walker uh, two guys who are just kind of making this uh it, it's fun to see them it's fun to see them uh celebrate and this team is filled with good teammates fun guys like that all right two base running things to end with one schwarber going first to third on bryce harper's single in the seventh inning and brandon and the camera just going to the dugout and Brandon Marsh is just like howling. Uh, that warmed my heart. I mean, I think if you gave like an anonymous survey to every player on the team and were like, give me your five favorite things to watch from your teammates, Kyle Schwarber running would probably be on like, on, I think on everyone's ballot, except for maybe Schwarber. Schwarber was interviewed after the game and was asked about it. And he gave like a very serious answer uh, at first about you know, runs are every run in the postseason is important. Where really the, I think the interviewer was just trying to have a lighthearted moment. Like, Hey, your teammates were really laughing at how hard you were running going from first to third. So uh, that was hilarious. That warmed my heart to see their reactions and good job, Kyle Schwarber getting from first to third. Second one. And we'll finish with this. Jake Cave going for the triple. I mean, that's how you know it is stress-free baseball. When Jake Cave and our guy, Dusty Wathen, are just, I mean, they're heat-checking in a playoff game. And like, you don't even mind. You're like, yeah, go ahead, go for it. No one, no one wanted him to stop at second there. Everybody wanted him to go to third. He got called out. Uh, some people tweeted at me and said, no, no, watch the replay. He was safe. I have to be honest. Uh, I was prepping for the pot. I wasn't playing clo- close enough attention to say, I'm going to rewind this, go watch the slow-mo replay and see if Jake Cave was safe. I'll take your word for it that he had a tremendously long slide and he got his hand in there and he was safe. Uh, I don't care either way. I loved it. Heat check, Jake Cave, Dusty Wathen. If we can get an, if we can get some more heat checks for those guys in playoff games, we're going to be feeling Pretty, pretty, pretty good about this team. All right, I think that will wrap it up for the post-game pod. Uh, I do appreciate, I've heard from from many of you who have had nice things to say about these solo Phillies post-game pods. You like having them in your feed right away next morning after these games. So uh, thank you to everyone who has reached out. Listen, don't be afraid to, you know, a little rate, a little review, a little subscribe, a little unsubscribe. Little grab a grab a kid's phone and just subscribe without them knowing. You know, grab a partner's phone, subscribe without them knowing. Maybe leave a review from their uh, account. I'm not telling you you have to do any of those things. If you want to do those things, you can do those things. All right, that will do it for this episode. Phillies are up 2-0 in the NLCS. Two more wins to clinch the series. Six more wins to win it all. It's wild to say that out loud. Just six more wins. Anything can happen. Again, we know that. But, man, I feel good about this team right now and the way they're playing. Game three is Thursday, 5.07 Eastern time. First pitch. I mean, that is beautiful. 5.07. Oh, I love just saying that out loud. If you're listening and you're in a position to allow employees out of work that day, please do so. Be a good boss and do that. Come on. To be working all the way to five o'clock or whenever it is, let them out a little bit early. Maybe even just say, Hey, you know, we're gonna get a little lunch, lunch in the office, in the workspace, and then after that, everyone go home, relax, and get ready to watch game three. 
I will be back with Sean tomorrow to break down the Eagles film, film and preview uh, week, what is it, week seven against the Dolphins. Big matchup Sunday night against the Dolphins. So we'll preview that matchup uh, in a big way. And again, also look at the film from week six loss to the Jets. And then, of course, Thursday, I will be back with another Phillies pod, hopefully after a game three win. Okay, thanks to everybody for listening and talk to you soon on the Ringers Philly Special. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino, LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Kentucky, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 53342 in Arizona, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut, 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana, 1-800-522-4700 or visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas, 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana, visit mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.NET in West Virginia or call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming. Hope is here. Visit gamblinghelplinema.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts or call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY in New York. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.